This is Authors in Focus. Hi, I'm James Reed, fantasy author publishing under James D. Reed. The first volume of my epic 12-book fantasy series, Shadow of the Dragon, is available for purchase. Check out Foundation of Courage. Today, I'm joined by Wayne Kramer. He's the author of Heroes of Time Legends, Murdoch's Choice. How are you doing today, Wayne? I'm good, James. Good to be with you. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, it's great to finally uh, chat with you. So. Yeah, same here. After many emails uh, and social media correspondences, it's nice to, to chat live with you. Yes, it is. Uh, so I always like to start out these uh, these interviews with a fun question or th- two. So um, since we're nearing Christmas, what is your favorite Christmas movie? <laughs> oh, oh, there's so many good ones. Um, one of the most fun ones, you know, that I probably laugh the most at has got to be Christmas Vacation. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, that's just a classic in every way, right? Right, right, yep. Yeah, that's a great one. Okay, cool. So, um, Wayne, how long have you wanted to be an author? Well, as far as having to, uh, wanting to be an author, wow. I mean, that goes back to easily middle school. Um, I mean, I've, I've had the bug to write uh, ever since grade school, um, elementary school. You know, when I would enter little young authors contest writing like uh, haunted house stories with Professor Pig and Detective Penguin, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and um, I, I so I, I always had a proclivity toward it as far as like wanting to be an actual author. That bug probably started uh, in later, the later years of school, um, middle school, high school. Uh, I actually started out spending a lot of time trying to novelize uh, a video game story. Uh, if anybody's out there familiar with the game Chrono Trigger. I'm very familiar. Familiar with the video game Chrono Trigger? Okay, awesome. Yes, I had uh, started a project to novelize that story into an epic fantasy adaptation and really got serious with that. I actually even own Chrono.com, the website, and I uh, I have that project in ongoing status, but obviously, you know, there's rights issues and such, and, and it's a little bit hard to work out with Square. But um, that aside, that was the beginning of my serious writing, was really trying to to build that story. And uh, eventually I evolved into, you know, Hey, I want to, and that was probably about 2015. I got really serious about that. Um, and then I, I kind of evolved into, all right, well, Chrono Trigger is going to be hard to take very far right now. Let me shift over to my own series. And so I started developing the heroes of time series and really spent a few years on that, uh, developing the, the world building probably about three and a half years. I spent doing the world building for that and writing the first novel. That first novel actually is not one that has been published yet. That'll be the first novel of the what I call the main Heroes of Time series. Um, but all of that world building and work fed into the first novel that I did publish, which is Heroes of Time Legends Murdoch's Choice, and uh, which actually took me only about three and a half months to write. Uh, but it was it was a lot faster because I had all of that groundwork and world building already kind of set, and I had a an idea what I wanted to do with it. Um, but Murdoch's choice starts what I call the Murdoch series within Heroes of Time, 
it's kind of a tie-in series to the main one. So there will actually be like two entry points into the series. But yeah, started with Murdoch's Choice, and that got published last year. And uh, in the sequel, Murdoch's Shadow got published um, about a, a little over a month ago this year. So I guess that was a long answer to your actual question as, of when I wanted to become an author. But um, you know, again, I think that started back in like middle school and evolved into something serious around 2015. I, too, in my high school days, did video wrote video game adaptations. Um, I did a little bit of Chrono Trigger, but I never got too far with it. Um, mm. I got really far with Xenogears. Okay, yep. That was uh, that was one. And I also did some Final Fantasy 3. There was a little bit uh, of crossover in, in Xenogears, right, with uh, with Luca? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a lot of the same... Um, all the same people worked on both games. Yeah. And um, I think it was... Like, because Xenogears is a weird game. Like, it was originally supposed to be a mainline Final Fantasy game. But then Square's like, this is too dark and adult. So you're just going to do your own thing. And then the, it almost became a Chrono Trigger sequel somehow. And then, so that's why, like, Luca is in there as a tutorial character uh, in, like, the beginning of it. Um, and then it became its <laughs> okay. own its own thing, yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting thing. But, yeah, no, like, the creator of it, like, he and his wife, they both worked for Square for years. And they were, like, scenario writers. And he was... Um, I think he did all the monster designs for like Final Fantasy two and or all the like the Super Nintendo Final Fantasy games and uh-huh, yeah, so uh-huh. yeah no so anyways I, I don't know Xenogears always captured my imagination it's like uh, out of all the the RPGs of the the nineties it really I don't know it really yeah it was kind of a golden age of RPGs yeah I think it was I think it was voice acting when they started voice acting. And I was like, oh, no, there's too much, like, spending too much time on dialogue. Like, I could read text faster than people can speak it. And then, like, in one, a lot of RPGs have really just, I don't know, not very uh, good writing. So, it's, and then you hear a voice, and you're like, oh, this is terrible. Yeah, yeah, I know. And we're all lamenting the sequel of Chrono, Chrono Trigger that we've never gotten. I mean, there was Chrono Cross, right? But a lot of yeah. people have very mixed feelings about that as a sequel. Yeah, because they, they lied. They're like, it's not a sequel. I'm like... It is a sequel, and apparently you killed all the characters from Chrono Trigger. Right. I know. It's like, if this is a sequel, it's like... Um, it's a very depressing sequel. Exactly. Yes. It doesn't really honor the first one very well. Yeah. Yep. I know. That's, that's a tough one to swallow. So, yeah, who knows? We'll see if Square ever does anything with it. It doesn't seem... No. They, they seem, seem incapable be. of doing anything with it. They don't want to do anything with it. They They just are ignoring it. So that's fine. Square's not the same company that it used to be, so it's okay. Yeah, for sure. It's it's yeah, different than it used to be. A lot of yeah. different people. Yeah. Anyways, uh let's talk about your novel, Murdoch's Choice. Which is uh as you mentioned, it's about Captain Murdoch and he just you know, he's just a ship captain. He just wants to gain his master's bar, you know, just uh be able to make more money and support his crew and his family and uh instead this uh evil wizard like wants to hire him to find a lost artifact and plunges his crew into an insane adventure. Would you like to talk about it? Yes, yes. Uh, you know, Murdoch's choice is 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 fun fantasy. It's a uh, it's a seafaring action adventure, um, and yeah, you've got it right. I mean, it, it stars Captain Zale the Gil Murdoch, who is at the top of his game in the seafaring mercantile guild. Uh, he is kind of looking toward retirement, looking toward spending more time with his family. Um, wanting to get closer to his granddaughters and his daughter. Um, and he's one job away, one good job away from, from getting that. So he's, 
you know, as he's looking for the right job to take, he gets approached by this, uh, this kind of mysterious uh, nobleman um, named Vinamir and presents him with a job that seems too good to be true. It's, it's the legendary Grimstone, he calls it, and uh, it would give him more riches than far more riches than they even than they even need to reach the bar. So they're like, okay, this one single job, we could do it. But this thing that he's asking for, it's mythical. Nobody thinks it exists. It's it's steeped in legend from the Shadow Age, which nobody, you know, which any reputable historian doesn't think happened. And uh, so his crew, when he presents this job to the crew, everybody's instantly skeptical and they think, oh, OK, this is not a good idea. If we go after this thing and we don't find it, then and it's not real, then we're going to miss the bar completely. And our rival is going to get it instead. Um, and then we've lost the opportunity. And uh, so they deliberate about that and they think they're going to go after some different jobs and circumstances happen and things get a little crazy at the port as they're leaving. Uh, when the whole place catches fire, but not just fire, a, a strange cold fire called dark fire. And finally, Zale um, starts to reconsider what they might actually go after. He, he starts to he starts to see things happen that um, makes him wonder more about the Shadow Age. He meets a man named Fulger uh, who tells him um, about the Shadow Age, and he learns that he has a ancestral connection uh, with the Grimstone. So things mount up and sends him on his way. And and it's all called Murdoch's choice. There are choices throughout um, throughout the story. And the big one it comes down to is if he, he realizes if he finds the Grimstone, then his kingdom is going to be put in grave danger. If he fails at finding the Grimstone, then his family is going to be put in danger. And so he has a tough choice to make. And so it all kind of, without spoiling too much more, it all comes down to that. What choice will he make? Yeah, yeah, no, and I've actually read this one. This is a very rare thing on doing this podcast where I've actually read <laughs> the book. Um, and it's really good. I would recommend it to anyone. And the sequel is even better, um, Murdoch Shadow. Thank you. Um, yeah, so, and I'm looking forward to the third book. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Murdoch's Shadow came out uh, in October this year, um, a little bit over a month ago. And it uh, it does it takes it up a level as far as the the epic, the epic scale of the adventure. You know, Murdoch's choice is almost kind of a, um, a, a quick, fast paced introduction. It brings you into the world of Elioran, but Murdoch's shadow kind of plunges you right in and you're really within the throngs of the shadow age and, and lots of things going on with, uh, with all the different forces at work against Dale and his crew. I had a lot of fun writing it. It was, um, a lot to piece together, but I felt like it came together really well in the end. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it um, it almost gave me a heart attack. I will <laughs> say that it's very, it's very rare for a book to make me go, what? No, that didn't happen. What? <laughs> like you did that, yeah, with Murdoch Shadow. Like I was, uh, yeah, my my jaw dropped. Uh, oh I wow! Yes. I won't spoil it, but uh, yeah, I did not expect that to happen. <laughs> I remember when you told me about that. I'm like, all right, good. There's one of my, you know, one of my little tidbits or cl- I like to have little cl- cliffhangers or you know, I like to put things in the novel that obviously 
are page turners and make you want to go to the next chapter. So I was glad to see that that one worked out. That one did. Yeah. That one did. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I, had to find, I was like, uh, anyways, I, I don't want to spoil things, but yeah, so it's, they're good books. Thank you. There's swashbuckling. You got some swashbuckling. There's magic. There's adventure. There's romance. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. Yes, yes, lots of that. And you know, there's there's some deeper connections as well with uh, with me personally. There's the the main character, Captain Zale, the Gail Murdoch, is actually kind of modeled after a person in my real life who passed away a few years ago. His name was Skip. It was interesting because he was a larger than life kind of guy. So you see a lot of like the funny nicknames and the whimsical side. And like the pop pop fun, you know, fun pop pop granddad kind of kind of side of him in this book, kind of right right up against the rough and tumble scallywag. He was like that in real life. He had his rough side and he had his really whimsical fun side where he loved the kids. And he and I had discussed it before he passed away, which he had passed if had lung disease. It was kind of you know a sudden thing, but. I was like, look, you're such an interesting guy. I want to make a character on you. And it was kind of his idea to come up with uh, a decal. He had been a Navy. And so I thought, okay. I just ran with that and weaved it into storyline at the time. And it's ended up blossom. It was actually, it's blossomed a lot more than it was originally going to. I didn't plan on having a whole mini series on just Murdoch. And so there's a couple things, especially if you get the printed book that's neat about it in the back matter especially the crew log. There's a crew log in the back, and it looks handwritten. Uh, so it's got the names and the positions and the nicknames of a lot of the crew. And something that's cool about this is that the the handwriting here is Skip's actual handwriting, which we we built an inventory of of his of letters from old notes that he had from like old work notes and old notes from his Bible, his personal Bible. And pieced all that together to create this crew log that looks like he, the real life person that that character is based on, wrote this. And so that's just kind of a, you know, a kind of fun little personal tidbit that worked its way into the into the final content. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, that's a uh, really neat. Uh, I've never actually done that. I mean, I sort of based a character off uh, a guy I knew in uh, high school, but not really. It's his not his personality, just something he did that. Um, that I use, but like it definitely wasn't his personality because <laughs> the character, I, uh, this character was a real creep, but uh, so <laughs> that wasn't him. But oh, um, no, that's good. but like it's more like what he did uh, that I used with this character. So I've never really, yeah, I guess I just sort of cobbled my characters together. I don't. Yeah, really, I mean, I think uh, as writers, probably a lot of us, even if we don't admit it, we 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 take inspirations from. A lot of existing characters, even if they're not real people, you know, fictional characters. Um, yeah. And we blend them together, right? Like I've done that a lot. I've, I've like, okay, here's the personality of, you know, of Johnny Depp and uh, and some character from a video game, and blended them together, and you know, made a character off of that. And actually, Dolian in Murdoch's Shadow is is kind of like that. Um, so it's uh, personally, I don't, I also don't usually endeavor to to carbon copy real people into characters, but it's a unique scenario here because I really wanted to do that to honor my past friend and colleague, Skip, with Captain Murdoch, um, just for me personally. Um, and that adds a lot to the character, even though, of course, I mean, at some point, you know, the character is still my own and has to, you know, has to develop on its own as a character that I'm writing. 
it's got a lot of that basis of the real person behind it. And so there's him and there's a couple others in the book, uh, Thump and, uh, and others that are kind of blends of people that I know and Skip knew in real life. But yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I don't really, I don't really endeavor to, to copy characters off of real people typically. Uh, just maybe an inspiration here and there, like an aspect of a character. Okay. Yeah. No, I got that. Um, so you've never like, I'm going to get revenge on you by writing you in my book as a character and then do mean things to you. You've never done that before. <laughs> I've heard some authors. I have not. Okay. Um, I almost one time, I won't say which one, but I almost killed a character because of that once. <laughs> I almost killed a character that was based on somebody because of that. Um, but uh, ultimately did not. So it, uh, it's funny how, how that uh, I guess starts to, juxtaposition itself in the author's mind but no i mean i don't try to take revenge on people in my books <laughs> yeah i just i was curious i mean I've, I've had some authors like yeah they and then they find it cathartic i guess you know um i guess it's kind of a harmless passive aggressive way of doing that right <laughs> yeah i guess so do you like uh so do you base like your characters off like real people like they're not like their personalities but their descriptions or do you just sort of make them up so i always ask people like who do you think should play your characters and i'm like i, I don't know I don't, I don't like base them off of real people. I don't know. I just picture, I don't know. They're very nebulous anyways, like just kind of size, hair color, some minor details. I like to just leave it to the imagination of the reader more than, so I don't, they're not too descriptive on the characters, I don't think, but I definitely don't like go like, yeah, I can never say like, oh, that actor should play my character. I just, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, so sometimes, sometimes, yeah. I mean, you know, again, like with, with Captain Zale, He's very closely modeled after the real person. So that's, you know, he so that really does. I mean, it looks like the real person. And I have artwork of of the characters on my website also. Um, And he looks very much like the real person, but as a sea captain. So it's the real person, but dressed up, you know, in the captain's coat and the hat with the feathers. And, uh, which you know, is kind of fun in its own way. I think if he were still alive, he would have gotten a total kick out of that. But uh, otherwise, you know, and, and I, one one or two of the characters that's on the crew, um, yes, are based on some friends as well. But by and large, no, it's kind of the same way as I handle their personalities. Um, it may be a blend. I mean, if I am describing somebody very specifically, I may kind of just look at some inspirations on the Internet so that I get a good visual myself. And then, the, you know, maybe two, it may be a well-known actor, maybe a video game character and kind of blend aspects of them together. Um, so, yeah, similar, similar to how I do the personalities. Uh, so you're working on uh, Murdoch 3 right now? or? Yeah, yeah, it's in the early stages. It's, uh, you know, in the outlining and piecing together plot point stages and also just kind of going back through all that I've done so far, getting all, you know, all the little pieces of lore and world building and stuff uh, together, kind of in a what I call a big canonical reference uh, just to, you know, I've blazed through the first couple books here and and done so much uh, working on these that I had to kind of stick, take a step back and be like, OK, let me see what I've done uh, and make sure that I that I cover all the all the proper loose ends and fulfill all the promises of the first two books. So, yeah, I mean, I'm really just I'm piecing it all together right now and awesome. uh, in, in, in the beginning stages. So. Uh, I am not as fast as you are. I know you are you are a prolific, amazing um, author as far as publishing books. Um, but 
I don't take too long either. I, I'm certainly not like a uh, you know George Martin <laughs> make, making people wait. Um, yeah, he um he's like I only have 500 more pages to write. Of the 1,200 pages he's written so far of the book that he's been writing longer than the TV show. Like he, he, yeah, yeah. like he's been working on this book before the TV show aired, like 12 years ago. So. I know. Um, and what, and what a tough <laughs> position he's in though now, like, because all this pressure to finish two more books for this I series. I don't think that's it. I think he just, he likes, I don't know. He yeah. likes the fame, likes going to conventions and. I don't know. Maybe he's well, just not. I mean, he's not a young fella, right? I mean, he's he's well, he's, he's well along in life. And I, if I were at his age, I'd kind of be like wanting to. If I wanted to slow down, I'd want to be able to slow down and just kind of take it easy. But he's got the pressure to write these two books, and those are tough books to write with as many details and yeah. interwoven yeah. plots. And he's not a he's not a plotter. He's a pantser. Yes, right. So yeah, and he and he has to do that with, and still so. keep everything together. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, um, if you want to let our listeners know where they can connect with you on the internet. Yes. We are on Facebook. So, uh, facebook.com slash heroes of time series is our main page. We also have a Facebook group. Uh, so we have a page and a group and the group is facebook.com slash groups slash heroes of time series. Uh, of course, uh, my main website is heroesoftime.com, and uh, we are on Instagram also. I know that's connected a lot to the Facebook. Uh, Instagram, I think, is instagram.com slash heroesoftimeseries. Uh, we have a Discord. Um, the invitation link for that is on my website. It's probably the easiest thing. Or maybe I think murdochschoice.com slash Discord also works. And uh, those are the main ones. I, me personally, I'm on Facebook the most, so that's that. That would be the best place to catch uh, my updates, uh, things that's going on with the series, to be on that group. Okay, cool. Well, it was really great chat, um, chatting with you, Wayne. Yes, absolutely. My pleasure. It was uh, uh, nice chatting with you as well. Yeah. So you have yourself a great one. All right. You too, James. Thanks a lot. I'll talk to you later. This has been Authors in Focus. You can find my fantasy novels on Amazon. Follow news of my writing at my blog, jmd-read.com. And follow me on Twitter, at jmdread. You can also join my reader group on Facebook, Fantastical Worlds of the Imagination. You can find more episodes of the podcast at fantasy-focus.com and wherever your favorite podcast is hosted.